Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. The miracle starts tonight. Maybe we shouldn't use that word to describe what the Golden State Warriors are trying to do down 3-1 to the Los Angeles Lakers game five tonight at Chase Center seven o'clock tip we'll have all that coverage leading up to it right here on 95.7 the game welcome in everybody I am Joe Spadoni this is the pregame show and as always if you'd like to get involved the number 888-957-9570 twitch youtube we are up and streaming good morning to all of you beautiful people on there appreciate appreciate easy enough for me to say appreciate all y'all chiming in like all you do it was buzzing yesterday, and for good reason. Warriors down 3-1, must win the rest of the way, and it starts tonight. And I use the word miracle, and maybe I shouldn't, because they've done this before. Miracles usually happen when something hasn't happened, right? It's like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming. Well, we've seen it coming before, so that's why a lot of people, and you'll see it in the media, not everyone's throwing dirt on this team just yet. Not just yet, because shame on us. Hell, we saw it. In Oklahoma City, Game 6 clay, and the rest was history. And we saw it in the next series when LeBron James himself was down 3-1. They win three straight. Cleveland, this is for you. We get all that. So we've seen this happen. Now, 95% of series that end up going 3-1, the team that's leading in that series ends up winning it. But get that pressure back on the Lakers tonight if you're the Golden State Warriors. Get a win tonight. Doesn't have to be in convincing fashion. Just win. It doesn't matter. Hell, if it's a close game and you do end up winning it, you would assume LeBron James and Anthony Davis were playing, and they're going to be even more gassed heading into Game 6. You have the younger, fresher legs, you would assume, when it comes to your superstars. Use that to your advantage tonight. Blow them out. Go back. Game 6 Friday in L.A. And see what happens. One game at a time. And I know it sounds simplistic. It sounds like, okay, yeah, we've heard this narrative before. Well, it works. It worked for them in 2016 against the Thunder. So one game at a time, can the Warriors conjure up some magic to save this dynastic run? 888-957-9570 is the number. Good morning to all of you. Appreciate all of you chiming in this early in the morning. Again, like and subscribe on Twitch and YouTube. Appreciate it. Little Uzi Burt, Ken C. Ken C believes in Stephen Curry. That's what he said on the YouTube chat. Little Uzi Burt, it's going to take more than Steph Curry to come back from 3-1. It's going to take a team. And that's the difference right now. 
I was listening to Willard and Dibbs yesterday, and, and Mark was talking. He's like, the Warriors are the better team. We've seen that. They were up multiple times. They should have won that game. Are the Warriors a better team than the Los Angeles Lakers from what you've seen in this series? They may have better star talent. They may have better individual talent than the Los Angeles Lakers. But are they a better team? Do they look more cohesive? I would say no. And if you're the defending champion Golden State Warriors, you're looking at Jordan Poole. You're looking at Klay Thompson. Hell, you're looking at Andrew Wiggins. You're looking at all these guys. Draymond Green. Basically, everyone outside of Stephen Curry they got to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and ask themselves, do they want to be a part of this? Do they want this run to continue? Because if they don't show up tonight, it's over. Say what you will, you're not going to cakewalk this game. This is It's starting to feel like it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win this game. We felt like that in Game 6 against the Kings, did we not? We thought it was going to be a party, everyone was having a good time, and then they didn't show up. They need to show up tonight or it's over. It was a different scenario. I get it. In Game 6, they were up 3-2. They had a game to play with. They have zero games to play with now. Zero. They can't go in here hunky-dory like, oh, we're loose. We're at home. You know what? We'll get this done. No, 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 no. There's going to be some anxiety in that stadium, and there will be some puckering of some butts if they are down late to the Los Angeles Lakers because you know what? The Lakers do have a shark, and they have two of them in this series, and if they smell blood... They will go after the fish. They will do that in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So don't play any games. Play your game. Play confident at home like you've done all season long. And force a game six in Los Angeles if you're the Golden State Warriors. 888-957-9570. Kate Taylor from Sydney, Australia is back. Come on, Warriors. Lloyd Smith, I believe in Curry. But he needs help. Poole is so mentally drained since Game 1. He has hit 1-3 since Game 1. Or he hasn't hit 1-3. That's true. It's pretty wild. Jesus, saludos. Buenos dias. Lil X Nation, if we can't get 10 to 15 points off the bench, we deserve to lose. And that's what it's going to come down to, the bench. Which has, this season, historically played a lot better. It's played a lot better in just history in the playoffs in general. Your role players play better at home. And you're going to be looking at Dante DiVincenzo, who had a better offensive night the other night. You're looking at Gary Payton II, who had a pretty good offensive night, concerning the fact he was throwing up. So Gary Payton II, you're going to look at him. Is he going to start again? Are you going to go small? Are you going to go Jordan Poole? Is there another lineup change in the cards? Kaminga, is he going to get any run? I don't think that's happening. Just ask Anthony Slater on 95.7 The Game Insider, who talked about whether Jonathan Kaminga will play at all this series yesterday on the morning roast we've gone in every game thinking like hey maybe try them out in this game or even like patches of the game where you know it feels like they're they're struggling you know think about game two right you you're down 11 and a half like hey maybe make him part of the second half like early rotation plans but they've decided i think in a lot of ways this matchup isn't for them because of how shameless the lakers sag off shooters and they did it to him in the regular season and kaminga it it just kind of jammed up their offense and Kaminga just started shooting threes, which they don't love, apparently, even though he, he hits a decent amount of them, actually. I think he's about 35%. I'm not ruling it out. Maybe you do see him, maybe uh, as they concoct the game plan, and you know, maybe Poole is a lessened part of it, and, and Jermichael Green is probably out of it. Maybe they try him in the first half, give him a stint on LeBron, uh, give Wiggins a longer rest. 
I think that would be an intriguing option. But as you mentioned, like the situation, like you you see Kaminga over there on the bench, like yeah. doesn't look too thrilled no. about the entire situation. So is that the guy you want to go to um, with season on the line? Essentially, I don't know, but it's it's not a great situation. It's not a great situation. And you heard Anthony Slater there, our 95-7, the Game Insider. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, here in a couple minutes. I'm going to replay some of his interview. It was really good. I usually don't do this. Hey, I have an hour show. I like to maximize my time. But Steve Kerr had a phenomenal interview yesterday with Willard and Dibbs, as he does each and every week throughout this season. So... Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, here in a couple minutes. We are going to hear from him in that interview. Hell of a job there from Willard and Dibbs. And he sounded pretty confident. And why shouldn't you be? Right? You're down 3-1. Things look gloom. Things are hard. You got locker room drama, quote-unquote. Not really. It's just guys are mad because they lost a freaking game. It's not that difficult, folks. Jordan Poole, he seems so angry in that locker room. Yeah, because he freaking lost and he's playing like crap. Like, come on. Is, it, is, is, is that like a, is that news to anyone? Young player upset at locker room because he's not playing well and played ten minutes. Wow, shocking to say the least. Get out of here. Whole team's disappointed. They're down three one to the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. They just won a title less than a year ago. No, it's more than a year, but you know what I'm saying. These are the champs. So yes, they're pissed off for greatness. Do they have one more run left in them, folks? 888-957-9570. Anthony Slater again on if he believes the Golden State Warriors will pull off this comeback. I don't think so. I mean, I look, the simple way to predict this type of series, which we've seen play out numerous times in history, is Warriors win game five, Lakers win game six. Mm. Uh, that would just, to me, that would be the obvious way to guess how this is going to go. Right. But, you know, look, once game six tips off, it's, everyone's going to be watching in a dramatic way. I mean, it's, it's not impossible to believe the Warriors can win a game like last night. But like you said, I mean, what about the way they've performed this season, particularly in the fourth quarter of, of key moments of the season, should make you believe that they're going to be capable of doing it. Maybe it's their history, but at some point that might run out. You just have to go... By the history of what the Warriors have done in the past, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've earned it. Is this series over tonight? I don't believe so. What say you? 888-957-9570. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr now, who joined Willard and Dibbs yesterday. Hell of an interview there. Listen, I don't do this often. It must be a really good interview if I'm playing it here, and it is. So 888-957-9570. We'll continue to take your calls and texts. But Steve Kerr now, who joined Willard and Dibbs yesterday, Right here on 95.7 The Game. In a second, I promise. Steve Curry is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Your opportunity to win your way into Game 5 comes a little bit later on this hour after we visit with the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Curry, who joins us now on Willard and Dibs. Good evening, Coach. How you doing? Good evening. How are you guys? Yeah, we're we're hanging in there. Obviously, working our way through a lot of questions and frustrated fans uh, after uh, the the development of last night. I know no surprise to you. Why, why don't we start with this? Because um, a lot of people are wondering about the vibe 
in in the locker room, and and we know, for instance, some reports that that Jordan Poole, for example, was 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 pretty frustrated uh, by his locker last night. How would you describe uh, the, the the mental state of the team after last night's game? Well, everybody's frustrated because we lost. I mean, that's that's just the way the way it works. You know, these guys put so much into this, and and. Uh, Really did, I thought, everything to win the game last night. We just didn't close it out. And uh, so there was frustration um, for all of us, coaches and players alike. And you know, anytime um, you have a, a, a tough game individually, and I was there many times you know, as a player in my career, it's, it's really difficult after a playoff game. You're down. You're frustrated. So that's, that's all totally normal. With a quick turnaround, what's the process to go from the frustration and the disappointment to reviewing the tape and being able to put that behind you like you have before down 3-1? Yeah, that's what today has been about. You know, I, I think um, the, the, the post hours after a game like that are so difficult. You know, you, you, you get on the plane, you watch the tape, and you just, you know, everybody's looking at stuff. We could have done better, could have done this, could have done that. And, uh, but the frustration of losing just lingers. And then today is all about, you know, filling up the cup and recharging the battery, whatever metaphor you want to use. And so we got together and we watched the tape and, and we met as a team. And I think our guys are, are, uh, really excited about the challenge now. You know, let's, let's go get a win tomorrow and let's, let's, uh, put the momentum in this thing and, and see what we can do. Coach, when you talk about getting everybody together to watch the tape, uh, what, what is said uh, at the portion of the tape where Gary Payton II leaves the floor? I, I'm, I'm actually curious here why we never ended up, no one last night got like a firm, hey, what happened? Can you share with us what happened? Is Was he okay? When he left uh, five, five, six minutes into the game? Yeah, when, yeah. He, when he left in the middle of the play and left the floor, it looked like maybe he was having some stomach issues or yeah. something. What was going on? Yeah, he, he felt sick, and so he, he left the floor to go back to the locker room and, uh, and, and you know, felt, felt better after that. They, they saw the trainer, and the trainer helped him out, and uh, then he came back in the game a little while later. Draymond looked a little sick when he realized he had passed a perfect pass to yeah. Phil Handy. On the bench, that was a little bit of a curious moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly where he expected <laughs> Gary to be, obviously. And and but you know, Gary, Gary had exited stage right. <laughs> Is did that play into why you went so heavily with Moses in the fourth quarter? Because it looked like Gary had some good minutes in the in the third, and then about two minutes or so into the fourth, you went Moses the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, they got off to that seven zero start to start the fourth quarter. And um, I, Moses had been playing well, and is he gives us a little more spacing, um, you know, than Gary does. Gary's great and, and can make a shot from the corner, and um, but we get a little more size from Moses. Both guys played really well, but when when they got off to that quick start in the fourth quarter, we decided to change the the pieces around a little bit and give Moses a, a chance. And Moses went in, made some really big plays for us, and. Uh, you know that's that's one of those um, you know at the end of the game afterwards you know I'm 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 looking at at the game saying well maybe I could have gone to Gary here um, but staying with Moses was what we decided on because he was playing well and we felt good about it and 
either guy, I think, would have been a good option at that, at that point. Steve Kerr with us here on Willard and Dibs. Coach, uh, obviously the adjustment to go heavy on the pick and roll with Steph Curry in the first half was working beautifully, and, and you did a lot less of it in the, in the second half. Why, why did you guys choose to go away from that? Well, if you remember in the in the third quarter, um, we we got loose in transition and scored thirty two points in that quarter. They changed their matchups at halftime. They they decided to uh, to shift Anthony Davis from uh, Peyton over to Wiggins, and so that changes the dynamics of of the pick and roll. And so we started going a little bit more with our off ball stuff. Uh, got some backdoor layups. Um, you know, got some some uh, some good rhythm offensively in that third quarter. It was the fourth quarter that really hurt us. That's where we scored 17, and we were going almost exclusively pick and roll in the fourth. Uh, but you know, give them credit; they play great defense. You know, Davis is uh, is really tough when he's in that paint. You know, sporting shots there and and presenting an obstacle for our guys. And uh, you know, there were definitely a few things that that I saw on tape that that I could have done differently and that we can do differently tomorrow. But, um, you know, that's what every game's about. You adapt and adjust. One thing that will be different will be the venue. Steph Curry doesn't seem to shoot well at Crypto or Staples or whatever they're calling it these days, 31 points on 30 attempts. Is that something that he's verbalized, or is it just a curiosity of a venue? Uh, I've never talked to him about it, and... and um you know, I, I didn't even really know that that was much of a thing. I mean, I, I know, I remember a few years ago he had a couple of tough nights there. So he's had some some games there where he hasn't shot well, but uh, he's also had some big nights there. So yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Coach, speaking of things you're you're worried about, uh, it, it felt like before the game the media was just kind of playful about your starting lineup change. Uh, ending up on on Twitter, courtesy of Shams, and 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 just in watching you, I was like, you you didn't seem very playful about it. Was that was that upsetting to you? Yeah, you never like your 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 business out there in in, in public. You know, stuff that you're trying to keep in house. Um, when it when it makes it out before the game, even you know, it, it, it's two hours away when the starting lineup is announced on Twitter by someone not affiliated with the team. That, not not the greatest feeling as a coach, but um, you know, welcome to 2023. I mean, it's <laughs> really really hard to keep anything uh, under wraps. Well, can I ask why is it hard? Like, how does that happen? I don't know. If I had an answer for you, I would I would tell you, but uh, I have no idea. Well, if you want to get tomorrow's lineup out, you can just call <laughs> us. And I, Steve, you know me, Steve. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm here. Mark and I are here for you, Steve. You know, very nice of you guys. Yeah, open, yeah. open-ended question, Coach. What's the lineup tomorrow night? Go ahead, your your floor, your your thoughts. Yes, right. Yeah, I guess from the the lighthearted to the slightly heavier, which is the questions about Jordan Poole, can't help but notice that his minutes are now down to ten, and he got just a couple of minutes in the third quarter. Is it a confidence thing with Jordan right now? Is it a matchup situation? Where are we at with Jordan Poole in terms of his ability to impact the series? No, last night was more about Moses and Gary. I mean, both guys were playing so well that we just uh, we just stayed with them. I think I thought Jordan did some nice things offensively. He he was under control. He uh, he penetrated. He got the ball swung uh, into good spots. Um, 
he you know he he had a couple of good looks. He just had I think he had the one play in the second half where the ball kind of slipped out of his hands, um, you know, as he went up to for the shot. But but for the most part, offensively, he was getting where he needed to go, and um, I think he was playing fine. It's just that we had other guys who were were playing well, and we we had a good game going with those guys, so we just stayed with them. Coach, you may know this, but on the television broadcast, on one of the mic'd-up visits you had with your team, uh, you were heard saying, uh, don't do the hero ball. And and then in the final couple minutes of the game, it, it certainly appeared that there there was a lot of uh, of hero balls. So, what were your thoughts on the shot selection down the stretch, and 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 how is that something that you could adjust? Well, I thought there were a few points in the game where we were uh, we were trying to do it a little too quickly on our own, where maybe we could have penetrated, kicked, and got a, a better look. Uh, but you have to understand too. I mean, these guys are aggressive, and if, if they're open, they they want to they want to let it fly, and, and we don't want to take that away from them. We want them aggressive. So it's always a balance. And uh, you know, late in the game, when 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 teams are switching and and there's not a whole lot going on, uh, you know, you look around the NBA, it's generally going to be a kind of a one on one battle down the stretch. It's the way it is, especially. You know, you saw us try to to run some off ball stuff, and the Lakers were were flopping on every every screen, and they, they, we get called for um, you know several offensive fouls on those, and it makes it tough. When, you know, when you're not uh, not able to to get some of that stuff, you have to sort of rely on pick and roll and, and isolation. You know, penalize guys for flopping, and they won't do it anymore. One more on the ref, Steve. I don't want to dwell on uh, Scott Foster and the fellas, but are you in favor of more calls being reviewed, or are you more, you know, thinking in terms of let's let the three guys out there to settle and we'll move on from there? I, I'm I'm an advocate for almost zero replay. To be honest with you, um, I I just I don't like it. I don't think it's great for the fans uh, to sit through everything. And it's not like you get everything right with replay anyway. Um, so many calls are ambiguous. Um, you know, there's such a gray area. There's going to be calls that go one way or the other. And, and um, you know, I, I want to be clear. This series is right where it should be. It should be 3-1 Lakers. You know, the, the officials haven't determined uh, wins and losses. The, the guys on the floor have. So this is not, you know, this is not about anything other than kind of the process that the league goes through and, um, if you ask me, less replay is better. Um, both teams are going to get some tough calls. But the reality is even right now with replay, um, both teams get frustrated and, and stuff goes <laughs> you know, goes both directions. Steve Kerr with us here on Willard and Dibbs, 95.7 The Game, and we've got two tickets to tomorrow night's game that we're going to be giving away shortly after our conversation. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, Steve, I, I, I know any time... Uh, this game happens even in the regular season. Clay gets a lot of attention, right? His dad, his upbringing. Do, do you sense, especially down the stretch last night, what do you see? Does he want it maybe a little bit too much? What 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 do you see in your eyes with that shot selection? Well, I think the uh, the Lakers are doing a good job of uh, you know, just crowding him at every opportunity, and, and um, you know they've made him a, a priority. Just uh, you know, trying to keep him from getting loose. He had that huge game two 
Um, and the last two games, they've, they've done a really good job defensively. So he's a huge key for us, and, and uh, we've got to do a better job of trying to free him up tomorrow. Does that also kind of lead to the end-of-game sequence where it looked like you know Clay might have taken a, a an off-balance three and he might have pulled the trigger on one from 28 feet? Do you as a coach have to just kind of live with Clay's shot selection based on the great body work he's built? 100%. You know, he's going to take some bad ones and so is Steph, and, and that's okay. You know, it's um, ideally you want, you want guys taking good shots every time down the floor, but, uh, you know, when Clay had uh, 38 in Oklahoma City in game six, uh, a lot of those were really bad shots and he made them, and that's the only reason we won. So, uh, you know, you, 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 what you get from Clay is the, the swashbuckling attitude, the, the just aggressiveness, the confidence, and part of that package is some bad shots, and that's okay. You, you live with that. Uh, Steve, my partner here, Dibs, the other day was literally pumping his fist when you said a game is not a must-win with this group oh, un- until uh, until it's an elimination game. Um, but but now, obviously, we're here, and and. This has been so great. This this run with you guys has been obviously the greatest thing this organization has ever known. So I don't even like asking this question, uh, but I will. H- has it crossed your mind that tomorrow night could could be your your last game coaching the Big Three? No, no, ne- never crossed my mind. You know, I mean, I I, I played on those Bulls teams. You know, the last dance and. I can tell you from experience, even though everybody now says, well, why didn't they keep that team together? That team was done. That, that, that team was, was finished emotionally, mentally. There was nothing left in the tank. And uh, I don't feel that way about this team at all. I think, I think these guys, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they, they... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We've got lots uh, to, to give uh, for years to come, so I, I, I never even have stopped to, to, to give that a second thought. How much in the tank short term? With Steph coming off of 42 minutes, Clay played 41, Draymond plays so hard for 37, even Wiggins played almost 40 minutes. Do you feel like there's enough adrenaline and enough freshness for them to, to ramp it up one, if not two? And can we hope three more times, Coach? For sure, for sure. I mean, it, this is, uh, it's not sustainable over 82 games, you know, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but when the playoffs come, uh, these guys are in incredible shape. And, you know, we make sure every second spent between games is, uh, is spent uh, preparing for the next one, taking care of their bodies, getting off their feet. So these guys are resting today, and, and we won't have a shoot-around tomorrow morning. So they'll have a good 48 hours in between games, and by the time game five starts tomorrow, they'll, they'll, they'll have all the energy they need. You know, Coach, just listening to you talk about tomorrow night, it, it brings up something you said back at the beginning of the conversation. You used the word excitement, that the guys after watching film today had an excitement about them, about what they're, uh, th- they're going to try to do for the rest of this week. Could you speak a little bit more to that? Like, what did you notice with their demeanor? 
Well, I mean, what an opportunity, you know, to to uh, to to be here where we are, to have a, a chance to go win a playoff game tomorrow night, um, shift the momentum like we we know happens. Having been in this for a decade now, our guys get it. I mean, one game changes everything, and uh, and they've done this before. You know, we've come back from three one down against OKC. We we won in Toronto a few years ago to force a game six and. You know, to this day, I think all our guys would tell you we we would have forced a game seven if Clay hadn't you know t- suffered the torn ACL. So, I think our guys cherish this opportunity and and they're excited about it. And you know, the disappointment of losing game four it it, it takes some time, um, but you know it's kind of a I don't know twelve hour thing. You wake up the next day and you slowly kind of. Start turning the page, and, and by the time the game starts tomorrow, our guys will be they'll be fired up and ready. Well, I'm speaking on behalf of the fan base, and I think we need a full 24 hours, Steve, because many of us are still uh, <laughs> having a hard time <laughs> picking through that. Uh, but man, good luck! And the Nuggets came back from two three-one deficits in the bubble. You would be the first team to do it twice, though, outside the bubble. So if the guys need a little little pick me up, there's that factoid. Yeah. All right, I'll let them know. All right, perfect. Hey, Coach, yeah. uh, thank thank you as always. Yeah, and uh, and we're looking forward to tomorrow night. Thanks, Coach. All right, thanks, fellas. Head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, with Willard and Dibs, as he is each and every week. Fantastic interview there. Felt like I needed to play it, and we're going to take a quick break. Come on back, we can react to that game five tonight. Who's going? Who's going to win? 888-957-9570. Are you confident in your dubs extending this series? Or do you think the dynasty could potentially be over tonight? We are on Twitch and YouTube. Hit me up there. Like, subscribe, just search at 95.7 The Game. This is the pregame show. I'm Joe Spadoni, 95.7 The Game. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Free game show, Joe Spadoni, 95-7 the game. A little under pressure here, because that's what the Golden State Warriors are facing right now. Tremendous amount of pressure, but are they really feeling it? Or is that more the fan base? I gotta think Steph, Clay, Dre, feeling pretty confident, right? They've been here, they've done that. Take care of business on your home court, put that pressure back on LA, force them to close it out at home. If they don't do that, Game 7. That would be on Mother's Day, right? Oh, God. Please don't. Ugh. Yes, please extend it, is I think what the sentiment around the station is. But also, I don't know how I'm going to watch that game. It's going to be like at 1230, right? Oh, boy. That's like peak brunch time, lunch, whatever you're doing. It's right before nap time. Nap time for me is like 1.30-ish. Oh, boy. I'm not going to watch that game. Probably going to stream it on the phone. 888-957-9570. How are you going to watch Game 5 tonight? Who's going to the game? Again, we'll have all that coverage leading up to Warriors Live, which is our official coverage of that Golden State Warriors-LA Game 5 matchup. John Dickinson with that at 6 o'clock and tip-off at 7 with the great Tim Roy on the call again. All pre- and post-game coverage, all series long, all playoffs long, right here on 95.7 The Game. Twitch, YouTube, hello. We are up and streaming. Appreciate all y'all chiming in. Dwayne, Mikey, Ice Ice Baby. No, no, no. It's not Ice Ice Baby. It's under pressure. All right? 
Was there a big lawsuit about that? About the Ice Ice Baby? They were stealing the riff from uh, from Queen and uh, David Bowie there? Could be mistaken. 888-957-9570. Anthony Slater, our 95.7 The Game Insider. Tremendous interview. If you missed it, he was on with Bonta Hill and Alan Styles yesterday. Styles filling in for Shasky yesterday. And also today, I was just talking to Alan in the little room, the little show prep room. Father now. We're watching... Uh, Charmed is in here all the time. Charmed, if you don't, if you're not aware, say a witch show from the early 2000s actually took place here in San Francisco. But it's always funny that it's on like these early 2000s shows because uh, we have TNT on here, obviously. So whoever was in here last night was watching Suns Nuggets and Nuggets taking care of business. They're up three two. They're going to try to close out that series in Phoenix tomorrow. Will they advance to the Western Conference Finals? For the, what, second time in the last three years, they advanced in the bubble. They were down 3-1 twice in that bubble against the Utah Jazz in round one, round two against the L.A. Clippers. Clippers choked that one away. God, the Clippers had, like, double-digit leads at halftime, I believe, in, like, every single game in that series, and they somehow trick it off. And then the Nuggets came back, obviously, losing to the Lakers. Lakers advance, win the title. But can the Golden State Warriors come back from 3-1? Can they do it, folks? 888-957-9570. And here's Anthony Slater. You know, a lot was made about the vibe around the locker room. Oh, it's just, they're so angry, so upset. Jordan Poole just, with his back turned, is like, okay. He played 10 minutes. He's played awful through these playoffs. He's had an up-and-down season. Guy got punched in the face. And you want him to be happy now that his team is down 3-1. I didn't understand the report when it came out, but here's Anthony Slater talking about, uh, talking about I should say, the vibe around Poole and uh, it being, quote-unquote, tense all season. Well, I mean, it's been tense around Jordan Poole for all season, really. I mean, you go back to, obviously, what happened in the preseason, but, you know, he's slumped really most of the year. You know, he, he's always been a little bit terse with the media quick. I mean, he has this whole thing where he comes in and, Nice ninety seconds. He he doesn't love giving expansive answers, and to be honest, doesn't really like talking too much about you know his struggles. Has not discussed the the incident from preseason. He's not that detailed. It sounds to me from you know, and I know Kareth went on uh, NBC and mm-hmm. and kind of detailed it. I mean, obviously he made the the hint at lack of opportunity, uh, and he said that a few times really all season. He pointed like. You know, he wants to start. He wants to play more. He wants more shots, more opportunities. If you want opportunities, you got to produce on the court. If you're not producing, you're not going to get as many opportunities. Hell, Lonnie Walker the fourth, great example. Bided his time. He played in some games this year. Started some games early in the season. Then rode the bench. And you know what? He got his opportunity in a must-win situation. And eh, it wasn't must-win. But felt like whoever won that game was probably going to win the series. And it's looking like the Lakers probably will win it. Not will they, I'm not sure. But he bided his time. He bided his time in fourth quarter and one of the greatest performances you'll ever see. Not just from a bench player, but from anyone. In that uniform, with those teammates, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, in that building, against that team, and the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions. It's what dreams are made of. And he cashed in. Who's going to do that for the Warriors tonight? Who's going to make the most out of their opportunity? 888-957-9570. Speaking of that, the Game 4 starting lineup, is that something we're going to see moving forward? Here's more from Anthony Slater. I think the starting five worked. I think 
Peyton played pretty well. I think the pick and roll choice with Davis is smart. I think they should do that plenty. And, you know, if Davis is guarding Peyton, Peyton's the screener. If he's guarding Wiggins, Wiggins is the screener. What I think you need a better clay, obviously, where he finished with nine points. Wiggins, I mean, I think I'm, I'm impressed with how good he's been in the playoffs overall, considering the type of season he's had. But, still, like, he was not good last night. You remember early, the two turnovers, two fouls, yep. got him off to a bad start. Yep. Fourth quarter, he only takes two shots, mm-hmm. um, two wing threes. I mean, Steph's out there begging for any type right. of offensive help. Right, Poole's unplayable. Clay's not hitting his shots. Draymond's obviously not going to score. Moses Moody's out there just trying to be a glue guy. Like, he's not right. looking for a shot. That's where Andrew Wiggins' last playoffs is I, scoring 22 and, yep. you know, hitting, like, getting to his mid-range pull-up. And to Anthony Slater's point, he was their second-best player in the playoffs all through last season, Andrew Wiggins. Through these playoffs, who's been the Warriors' second best player? Kevon Looney, Clay, maybe a game, Draymond. Like you're starting to get a pattern here. It's been Steph, and then eh, like nothing, and that's not a winning formula. So when I hear, and I was listening to Willard and Dibbs yesterday, when I hear Mark Willard say, you know, the Warriors are the better team. They had the lead. They should have. They, they should be up in this series. Well, no. They have a better collection of talent, maybe, but they're not a better team. Who looks more cohesive right now? The Lakers or the Warriors? It's not It's not even close. It's not even close. The production from Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell. You're getting everyone. Anthony Davis, other than, that, other than Game 2, which, in hindsight, they obviously punted on. Like, LeBron even hasn't... Has LeBron even been good this series? He's been he's been solid. He's been okay, good. Has he been great? The LeBron James standard? No. But Anthony Davis has been awesome. D'Angelo Russell at times has been awesome. Schroeder, Reeves, like all these guys have been stepping up. Who's going to do that for the Warriors? Wiggins? Is he finally going to return to form for the playoffs? He had a huge game against the Kings last series. Other than that, it's been kind of. Minnesota Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins. Just eh, eh, 15 points, 6 of 14, 7 boards, a couple assists. Like, it's not going to cut it. He needs to be efficient. He needs to find his shot. He needs to attack. That's what they need to do. Attack the paint like they did last game. The formula is there for the Golden State Warriors. Can they just get it done in the closing minutes? And being able to close games has been a problem. Just ask Anthony Slater. This is kind of who they've been this year. They've been a bad fourth quarter team, particularly a bad late fourth quarter team on the road. It just finally bit them yesterday with shot selection. I think part to give them a little bit of an excuse, I do think their fatigue set in with some of those shots, particularly yeah. the Steph one. It looked like when he got it back from Davis, it was like, did he have the, the effort to go try to beat Anthony Davis? Right. It just looked like he's like, ah, just dialing up the step back three. And part of that is the minutes mm-hmm. low that they're forced to play in some ways because of the lack of depth right now and also you know you went seven against the kings this is what the sixth or seventh straight game they've only had one day off and they're all you know they're older players like i just think it's all catching up to them this season is catching up to them has it caught up to them in the tune of a game five loss we'll see tonight again warriors live six o'clock right here on 95 7 the game and we'll have all your 
pre- and post-game coverage throughout the playoffs right here on 95.7 The Game as it pertains to the Golden State Warriors. Can they keep their season alive? They're fighting for it. They need a win. And we're going to be breaking it down all day right here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Come on back. One more break. And the crossover is next. i got to think of a different name when Alan Stiles joins me, though. They'll be joining me next right here at 95.7 The Game. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Pre-game show, Joe Spadoni, 95-7 the game. Warriors, Lakers, game five. Tonight, 7 o'clock. Our coverage starts at 6, Warriors live. But really, our coverage is all day leading up to the game. Right here on 95-7 the game. I think Willard Dibs are going to be out there. Wherever they're posted up, Thrive City, something like that, I don't... Not sure the exact location. Doing a great work here. Spadone pitching it. But they'll be there. Just find them. Wherever they were last time, I'm sure they'll be there. But it's going to be a party or it's going to be uh, anxious. What's the tone going to be there tonight? A lot of nervous energy, I think, tonight at Chase. Which I think it's even more incumbent on the Golden State Warriors to have a hot start. Don't want to give the Lakers momentum. Don't want to make them hang around, hang around. It's like, if it's a single-digit game in the fourth, you're playing with fire, is all I'm going to say. This I feel like most Warrior fans want this to be a blowout to feel safe tonight. And I think that's what most of us expect because of what happened in Game 2. Are the Lakers going to put all their eggs in the Game 6 basket? I think that's also kind of playing with fire. So we'll see what happens tonight. 888-957-9570. Who's going to the game? What's the jersey you got to wear tonight? What's the jersey you have to wear tonight? You always have to go back to the original, right? The one that always gets you through the hard times. Is it the Stephen Curry one? You got to have all your Stephen Curry energy tonight. Is it Clay? You're hoping for Game Six Clay in the Game Five. Although Game Six Clay hasn't really been Game Six Clay the last couple series. If we're going to keep it a buck here, as the kids say. So what's that jersey you're going to wear? Are you even going to the game? How are you watching? Going to a watch party? What are you doing? Let me know. 888-957-9570. Twitch, YouTube, up and streaming as well. Go ahead and like, subscribe, all that jazz there. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Spadoni underscore Joe. Give me a follow. And also download that Odyssey app and favorite 95.7 The Game. Morning Roast up in about 15 minutes. I know Bonta Hill's fired up. Alan Styles is going to be in for Joe Shasky. Did a hell of a job yesterday, again, with... Anthony Slater. We're going to hear more from him in just a second. Our 95.7 The Game Insider. If you missed that interview, be sure to download that Odyssey app, favorite 95.7 The Game. And listen, what it comes down to to me right now, and we've been talking about this morning, is just team cohesion. The Lakers, top to bottom, they're not as talented as the Golden State Warriors. But that doesn't matter in the playoffs. It's who's playing more as a team. Who's cohesive? And right now, crazy to say, It's the LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt lineup. They're trusting each other a lot more. It's trust. It's cohesiveness. It's understanding where you need to be on the court. It's collapsing. It's playing tight defense late. And it's winning close games. That's the sign of a together team. The Golden State Warriors all season long, it's been tumultuous. It's just been... Not fun at times, which is the word that you 
think of when you think of the Golden State Warriors. This team's fun. It hasn't been that this year a lot. It's been a lot of anxiety. It's been a lot of tension. Not just on the court, but if they lose tonight, it's going to leak out into the fan base. So they need that energy tonight at Chase Center. Are the Warriors fans going to provide it? Is it going to be a raucous environment? Because I know the Lakers are going to smell blood there, and I know the Laker fans will be there in force. There'll be a lot of them. And they're going to start feasting if the Lakers are up late. So it's incumbent on Warriors fans to show out tonight, and I think they will. 888-957-9570 if you are going to the game. Here's Anthony Slater once again on if he believes the Warriors will pull off this comeback, R95-7, the game insider. I don't think so. I mean, I look, the simple way to predict this type of series, which we've seen play out numerous times in history, is Warriors win game five, Lakers win game six. Mm. Uh, that would just, to me, that would be the obvious way to guess how this is going to go. Right. But, you know, look, once game six tips off, everyone's going to be watching in a dramatic way. I mean, it's, it's not impossible to believe the Warriors can win a game like last night. But like you said, I mean, what about the way they performed this season, particularly in the fourth quarter of, of key moments of the season, should make you believe that they're going to be capable of doing it. Maybe it's their history, but at some point that might run out. And one more from Slater here talking about the Warriors needing big-time performances from their stars. You're going to be the favorite in Game 5. Warriors will be the favorite. You know, and I wouldn't even be too shocked if the Lakers in some ways punted Game 5. I mean, they did it in Memphis in the first round. They were up 3-1 going to Memphis. They got blown out in Memphis. Game 6 will be the big challenge. If it, You know, the Warriors have to get Game 5, but if they do, 6 will be where you'll face like the most powerful Lakers, you know, close-out punch. They did in that Thunder series I referenced back in the day. Everybody remembers that game six in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. They only won it because Clay Thompson probably had maybe Clay Thompson's best game ever. Right. 11 threes, insane down the stretch. That was a 73 win young Thunder team with that version of Clay Thompson. Yep. Uh, you may need that type. You may need a Steph game four in Boston type performance in a game six in LA. They have put themselves back against the wall where they need a legendary performance basically to stave, uh, you know, Maybe save the dynasty, as I, you know, if we want to get right. real, you know, romantic with it. Do the Warriors have three straight legendary performances in them? I'm not saying it all has to be Stephen Curry, but someone's got to help him out. Someone's got to help him out. As Alan Styles joins me now for the crossover, it's not the normal crossover. Maybe we'll call it the Turnstiles. You like that one? I huh? like that. There we go. We'll I like the Turnstiles. That. That's Alan Styles. He's going to be joining Bonte Hill today at the morning roast. Oh, in about ten minutes or so, and Alan. You heard Anthony Slater there. You talked to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. They need a big-time performance. Who's going to step up tonight in Game 5? Is it a bench player like Alani Walker did for the Lakers? Or is it just as simple as, hey, man, Steph, you're at home. Please save us in this game. Yeah, and I think the answer could be Andrew Wiggins. But mm-hmm. with Andrew Wiggins, what he did even last postseason and he would have the average 18 points per game guarded the best player and it was really the offensive rebounds he had that crazy game with all the offensive rebounds so scoring wise I don't know that Andrew Wiggins is going to make the game change in that regard if we're if we're talking specifically scoring you know I'm a little worried about Klay Thompson just because of everything that happened and you don't want him. It's tough because you don't want him being gun shy. Not that he ever has been, but you can't come out firing on all cylinders, just taking bad shots again. So I'm a little bit worried if 
Clay's a little coy to start, even though he's never had that issue before. I think at some point, and Jordan Poole did have a 20-point game in Game 1. Unfortunately, the Warriors didn't win. But I do think at some point, it it, it could be Jordan Poole. But honestly, Joe, it it might just be by committee. When you look at Game 2, you get... Uh, Jamichael Green and even and that's why game four was again so tough because you did get a random 15 that's the whole thing when you look at Jordan Poole right you got a random 15 from GP2 which you normally don't get so you got that production and you got from, 10, 10 from DiVincenzo and from yeah. DiVincenzo so you got that production somewhere else it really to be honest was clay yeah. You know, and, and again, this is not a bash clay thing. It's just looking at the numbers and the averages. That's where the Warriors were missing because yeah. you got more than you would have expected to get from the bench. So when I look at who's going to step up from the scoring perspective, I think it's just going to be exactly what we've seen with the Lakers, and it's going to be a bit by committee. I think DiVincenzo saw the shot go in. What did he have? Two threes in Game 4. I think that was huge for him. Yeah. I don't know if Jermichael Green's going to play again, but we know they're going to continue to give him open shots. GP2, he hit a corner three, so I think it's going to be by committee, and I, and I don't I don't expect a crazy game from any of the big four besides maybe Steph. I just think that they just need to do their job, and they'll get enough from the role players. You know, it's been pretty wild to watch this series, and you just look at the rosters top to bottom. I was talking about this for most of the show. The Lakers, on paper, they're not a better team than the Warriors. No. The Warriors have way more talent from yeah. top to bottom. But if you just watch this series, who looks like the more, more together team? It's not even close. Yeah, It's the Lakers, which is just dumbfounding, but also not if you've watched the Golden State Warriors all season. But they're the defending champions. So I think fans are still waiting at some point, like, when are they going to look like that? Is it just not coming? Is it just, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting for something that's just, listen, they've shown us who they are all season long kind of thing, or are we waiting for this proverbial uh, a switch to flip, if you will? We like to say that all the time. We're waiting for it. It's now or never, Alan. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's now or never for this team. And, and I do also think that last season was different because you put yourself in such a good position at the beginning of the season. They went on that tear at the beginning, which really set them up for the whole season because they had some bad stretches during the regular season as well. But you put yourself in a good position. You were one of the top seeds. So you got to warm up. It was Jokic, a bunch of a bunch of buddies, and that was it. So Steph Curry coming off the bench. This year you had to go to Sacramento, who hadn't been in you know the, the playoffs since before I hit puberty, right? <laughs> so they're rocking and rolling. And they just, the Warriors just got thrown into the fire a little bit more, and they never have gotten their footing just throughout the season. From the time that the banner got dropped, from the time the parade happened, the Warriors never got their footing coming into this season. Yeah. That, that's just what it's been. So uh, it's, it's not surprising. And that's why repeating is really hard. No, it's really it's hard. Very hard. And a lot of teams don't do it, no. right? So I, I look at what. The Lakers have going right now, and the bottom line is this. If the Warriors win, you could probably guess what happened. If the Lakers win, 
You can guess some of it. I mean, I'm assuming AD had a decent game or a good game, and LeBron is LeBron. But past that, you don't know what else happened. And I think that is what has been tough for the Warriors. As soon as they think they have one person down, GP2 was on the bench because D had shut D-Lo down. You don't expect Lonnie Walker to go off. So you don't know where it's going to come from from the Lakers, but you know where it's going to come from for the Warriors, and that makes it easier for the Lakers to prepare. That's Alan Stiles. He's joining Bonta Hill next. Game 5 tonight at Chase Center. Be there, be square. We'll have coverage all day long leading up to Warriors Live at 6 o'clock and tip off at 7 right here on 95.7 The Game. The great Tim Roy will be on the call. Morning Roast next right here on 95.7 The Game.